Good morning, everybody. We have a chance to have a little bit of a conversation together and a little bit of a conversation with you and uh, to try to take some things which are theoretical and talk about them in a practical way, the way it kind of impacts our lives. So again, for those that might not know me, I'm Pastor Dave Stratton. This is my brother, Joe Furland. And um, this week is a Sunday where Joe is coming into membership here at the church. And we do this in many different ways. Sometimes there's a more of a formal ceremony. Today I'd like there to be more of a conversation. And it kind of ties into what Michaela was saying just a minute ago. Um, if you could put the sermon scripture up on the wall behind me. This is not only the thought for the day, but it's also the thought for you, Joe, that I want us to think and talk about. Everybody wants peace. Oh man, I wish I had more peace. I wish I had peace in my workplace. I wish we had peace in our marriage. I wish we had peace with our kids. I wish I had peace with the financial situation. I wish we had peace. But so few people make peace. So few people are peace workers, peace bringers, peace efforters. And that really is kind of what that beatitude is, is meant to convey. Blessed are the peacemakers are not necessarily the peace lovers or the peace havers, but they're the people who care about peace so much that they're willing to go after it. And if you've been in Sunday mornings with us for the past few weeks, you know that we define peace, the Bible defines peace as like together. You come together, you, you make it right, you, you, you go from two separate pieces together. This is us and God, this is our story, we come together with God, but also with each other. People come together and when there's no peace, it's because you're separate. You're torn apart from things. And then when you can bind back together again, that's what the Bible means by peace, kind of coming together. So I was thinking about that for this week and thinking about you, Joe, and thinking about how it's been like a journey with you and God to get to this point. And yet it hasn't been just easy. It hasn't been straightforward. It hasn't been, oh, okay, well, this is just going to be my simple life journey with God. It's going to be, I have to fight to keep moving forward. And the way I picture it is you and God coming together further and further, you and Jesus coming together more and more. And I've seen this happen over the last few years. You've seen it happen. We've talked about this. Um, so membership in a church is another step forward to like connecting. It's another step forward of commitment with you and Jesus, with you and us together. And so it's making peace. Like it's further binding you together. A covenant is a peace sort of thing, right? We, we promise to be together. And so I thought um, I would ask you to share a little bit um, to let you know Joe is supposed to, supposed to, in our timing, not God's, come into membership two years, a year and a half ago, back in our old location. This was like the plan, our plan. Okay, we're moving forward. God's doing this great work in Joe's life, member of the church, great. And then God changed everything for us. We moved, we changed everything. And so I thought, what a good description of waiting and like pushing forward to still want to connect with God even after all this time. So I thought the first question I would want to ask you to talk about coming after God and pursuing Him. Not many people have to pursue becoming a member of a church for like two years. It's not a typical experience. What was that like for you? And did you feel like, oh, this isn't happening as fast as I want it? Or was it frustrating at all? Or why are you here today when it's taken all these steps to get to this point? Well, I think it's 
been a transition for most of us. So mm -hmm. it's only felt nice loud. It's only felt right to take a step back and mm -hmm. consider how God could use the space. Mm -hmm. And it's also a matter of how we allow God to walk us through. Because mm -hmm. the plans he's set in motion are premeditated on our part. So, mm -hmm. you know, we watch it unfold. Uh, God sees the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. We'd be too proud to assume we know right down to the very detail how this would work out. So, in a waiting season for all of us. Mm -hmm. But can't get ahead of ourselves here. And it's helped me to examine myself and my motives, you know, for service. Yeah. So it's only right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. If we're going to be peace workers, the thing that struck me and the verses that I wanted to read that tie into this were that it takes effort to keep working for peace. And if you're still lacking peace, if things aren't together or fixed or better, then it's easy to want to give up or it's easy to want to like lash out. And so all the verses about make every effort for peace are either in like don't repay evil for evil because we want to like throw the bad at the bad because it rises that up in us and like God's like no repay good with evil but also don't quit don't get too tired so you have to go after peace you have to keep going after it so the verses I wrote down that I wanted to read to us really quickly are from Ephesians 4. Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So make every effort. We can't save ourselves. We don't work ourselves into salvation. But we work with God's salvation when he gives us. So he gives us peace, and now it's a tool we have in our tool belt. We take it out and we use peace, and we effort using the tools, right? It's the unity of the Spirit. But it's given to us to work with. It's, it's, a, it's a tool. It's a, a tangible thing, the bond of peace. Uh, another one from Hebrews 12 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short and that no bitter root grows up. So it's easy to fall short and it's easy to get bitter. But the whole point is make effort to pursue. And I want to compliment you because I feel like in you I see someone who's pursuing God. You're not necessarily just pursuing a church body. You're not pursuing like church programs. You're, you're pursuing God, and then God's bringing you into a church where different people are connecting with you through discipleship, friendship, Bible study, like just brotherhood. So, but those are the tools that are being handed to you, and I see you working with those. And no one can work those tools on our behalf. We're given them, and then it's up to us to make that effort. And there's another one from Romans says almost the same thing. Let us therefore, Romans 14, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So we need to go after peace. And if you, we're missing peace in our lives, if we're not together with someone or in a situation, it could be a health thing. It's not right. It's not mended. It could be relationship-wise. It could be faith-wise. It could be fear-wise. Any sorts of things. If we're not mended, if we're not together, we need to go after that. Not say, oh, nothing's ever going to change. Oh, it's always going to be bad. Or there's no fix for this. Or 
God's way bigger than all of that. So this is what brings me to kind of the recent testimony, the, the big picture. Not only has Joe pushed through and continued to pursue God on his own and is continuing this pursuit of you know, fellowship here, but this last week there was uh, kind of a challenge that got thrown into your court too. And it always seems like when we're about to do something good, what happens right before it? Right? There goes life. Because there's an enemy of our peace. Our peace is trying to be robbed all the time. Okay, so how do you fight for it? How do you keep pursuing peace without turning bitter, without falling short? And I, this week has been both the for you, Joe, in some ways. Um, but then also during the week leading up to now, the pursuit. It's like, okay, there might be an explosion, but I'm still coming after you, God. Can you explain like what this week has been like for you that way? Yes, so um, I had a seizure last weekend and it yeah. was an un unexpected. Um, I suffered seizures in the past. I've trusted God to heal me. Took a step away from my meds. For roughly three years, I remained seizure-free. Amen. Praise God. Um, you know, it was, it was very odd, mm. to say the least. But uh, I can speak for hours on it. Mm. I can ponder why and how, but I don't think that would be wise. You know, um, consider the timing, the membership ceremony, mm. most recent seizure, you know. I can only assume God won't allow me to share on the matter today, you know. There's a reason for it. And uh, I think it's to look beyond myself. There must be someone here who's God's looking to encourage through suffering, whether I'm just a witness, you know, whether it's or not, it's the same nature of suffering. We're not exempt from trouble. So uh, someone else's suffering may go unnoticed to even the closest people around them, but not to God either way. Uh, it doesn't disqualify us from leaning on each other. And I think we all need to be reminded of that. So. I'm trying to think outside the box here, you know. It's, um, I'm glad to mention how not for a second I turn in anger towards God, but I want to speak, you know, optimism here. So there's a psalm, uh, most of you heard, it's Psalm 27 of David, it's the the ending here. Uh, let's see. This, I had just started reading the Passion translation. It's beautiful to me. So, here's what I learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting. Or he will never disappoint you. So, you know, with these thoughts, I may not be surrounded by the sort of enemies David was, you know, but 
Satan would have a field day if I were to stay home, isolate myself today without, he'd sift me like wheat, you know. So um, I have the freedom to choose not to be discouraged, to strive for peace, you know. I'll continue waiting for healing, and if it doesn't come, I'll continue praising. So. how that passion translation said intertwined or entwined I think with Christ that's peace that's the definition of it entwined so seizure no seizure you're entwined with God right waiting no waiting you're entwined with God the, the things you want to happen in an easy way or a tough way you're still continuing to like pursue that he's the vine you're the branch right you're you're together and um yeah I'm so encouraged by you you've been inspiring to me this week because it's so easy to say, well, now's not the right time. There's too much going on. I don't feel good. I'm worried. I don't know what this, like the, all the big questions, it's like, but those things are not in our control. So peace is saying the one thing that's in my control is to hang on to God. That's the one thing. So you're doing the one thing that takes care of the other things and whatever his way will be, but you're going after it. I, I just commend you for that this week. And I hope myself, all of us can take a page from Joe's experience in this moment that don't stop going after God. Don't make it determined on whether it feels like, oh, everything's falling into place, so this is the way it's supposed to be. Often everything's falling out of place, and that's exactly the time to keep pushing forward with the one or two things we know we can do to entwine with him, to pursue him. Because the opposite, you know, ah, things are too hard. I'll, I'll step back. I'll pause. I'll wait. Satan's winning in every one of those pauses. God's going to still do what he's going to do, but it's like, oh, yeah. don't, we don't have to wait till we're ready or till it's good. We can just keep taking small steps forward. And I love that about this week. I love that this testimony gets to be part of your commitment to God in a deeper way with our church and for yourself. You're committing to the body of Christ. So yes, it's part of new hope, but you're committing to be a member of a local expression. So this is your commitment to Jesus. It's like, all right, maybe God will grant you another three years seizure-free. Praise God. He did that once. He could do it again. It could be 30 years or not. But God is still good, and we want to pursue him whether it's easy or hard. And so that testimony is a far greater one than, oh, this is great, and I found a nice church, and here it is, and I wanted to be a member. Like, it's not been the easy way, which makes it so much of a more powerful testimony. And I'm really glad you're willing to share it with us we can understand this isn't just you know if you just stood up here and smiled we prayed for like oh joe like no it's like joe's fighting for that entwining that's beautiful to me yeah actually yesterday i was looking through past sermons on youtube mm. the old chapel um, mm. seeing the relatability experiment okay if we can't relate mm. to each other in our suffering doing yeah amen no so this is we'll use these recent circumstances to remind me there's still trials to wait and walk through and there's people to suffer along with me whether I know it or not so I can't pity myself you know 
I need to remember we're called to bear burdens despite our own, you know? So, on the flip side, you know, I need to remember I have others to help bear my own. Right. So, you know, may it never be that any of us would sit back and try to justify the fact of neglected opportunities like this. It very well could have been one of those. Right. So, um, Uh, even while Paul was in chains, he wrote to Timothy, and he said, keep fanning the flames of your gift. Imagine. Yeah. What else? He didn't neglect brotherly encouragement because he felt the heat, you know? There's Jesus sweating drops of blood still urges the disciples to stay awake. We don't ponder on sudden death in season and out of season, but we have a tendency to shrink back into ourselves. But even if death were waiting for us tomorrow, and we knew, wouldn't we want to make a lasting impact for somebody? I think it's too easy to get wrapped up in our own spiritual business where we forget we're called to aid others simultaneously, you know. So, yeah, no. We know nobody wants to share how they suffer only to have someone nod their head. You know, don't do that. You may not be able to say, yeah, I struggled with this thing, you know, but I know what's behind your struggle that I can relate with. You're still tied to the flesh. But we, we look to that one day, right? And we're together, right? I think back to this week, too, and the fact that when the seizure happened, there were people around you, brothers and sisters in Christ, who could help you, who could make a phone call, who could be there for you. Like, that was them being peace workers in that moment. But that wasn't a moment you could work any peace. You were in a position to do anything. You couldn't have your choice. You, you were not in that place. So in these moments where things are messy, there's like different opportunities for different people. And that's what I hear you saying. Everyone's got these opportunities. And so even in one situation, different people have different opportunities to pursue peace. The people that were there to like be with you together, that's peace, right? But then you after the fact, all right, God, now you and I have to work back together. We need to come together. There's a binding there. And then this morning with membership, um, I think, there's an obvious 
application that we're just supposed to be looking for the opportunities. It's not going to be the same for every one of us. But they're going to be there. Yeah, and it can be hard to find something to say in those mm -hmm. moments we experience others who are vulnerable. Mm. You know, what do I say? Mm. You know, I think we can sum it up in a nutshell, and I can read off Acts 14, 22. Uh, it's a simple response. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's what they said. We're not exempt from suffering. Where words fail, if you can, most of us can memorize one reference. Mm -hmm. I think we can make that happen. Read it again for us. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Yeah. I had a quote that I wanted to read about peacemaking to pursuing this unity with each other, pursuing unity with God. It's by William Barclay, a famous theologian from the 1800s. He wrote about the, the Beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers, and this is how he defined it. He said, the blessing, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, the blessing is on the peacemakers, not necessarily on the peace lovers. It very often happens that if a man loves peace in the wrong way, he succeeds in making trouble, not peace. We may, for instance, allow a threatening or a dangerous situation to develop, and our defense is that for peace's sake, we don't want to take any action. There's many a person who thinks that he is loving peace when in fact he is piling up trouble for the future because he refuses to face the situation and take the action which the situation demands. The peace which the Bible calls blessed does not come from the evasion of issues. It comes from facing them, dealing with them, and conquering them. So what this beatitude demands is not the passive acceptance of things because we're afraid of the trouble of doing anything about them, but the active facing of things and the making of peace, even when the way of peace is through struggle. There's a couple of verses that use that phrase, the way of peace. You know, Jesus' way, there were people of the way. They, they define part of that understanding of their religion as the way of peace, walking the way of peace. We're peace workers. We, we evidence to the world a way of peace. But it's often not experiencing a lot of peace while we're, we're trying to make it or bring it and making every effort. Christians are supposed to be resilient. We're supposed to be... We're knocked down, but we're not destroyed, you know? We, we fall down, but we get back up because Christ is constantly redeeming us. And so that effort, that peace that we can get to, uh, it's blessed, uh, but it doesn't come easy. It didn't come easy for Christ and doesn't come easy for us. Are there any last thoughts that came to your mind this morning before we take a moment to... Uh, read the church covenant and I'm going to ask anyone who wants to to come forward We're going to pray over Joe and welcome him ask God's blessing on him protection on him and us but uh, just remember what it means to covenant as part of a church family did you have any other thoughts you wanted to share before that it's a random thought great but I remember 
back at the old chapel, you had a, a brace on your leg, and you still came in to preach one day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Broke my foot. <laughs> no yeah. excuses. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, That's true. Um, Keep going. Who knows? God knows. Mm -hmm. That could have impacted somebody that day. Mm. Could have been you know, second nature for you just to go in. But mm. we don't always know who, who needs to hear a word of testimony, you know. Right. He doesn't need us healthy to use us or love us or do what he's going to do. He doesn't need my feet to work. He doesn't need you to be seizure free. He doesn't need us to be perfect. He doesn't need us to be whole. In fact, he loves it when we're weaker versions of ourselves because then he gets more glory because we never could have done the thing that happened because it's a God thing because we're so obviously humbled by our, our situation. So yeah, he, he's not worried about our broken parts. Yeah. So you all have my permission to take part with me to share this progressive testimony. Mm. If you ever feel led, you know, because who am I to stand in God's way and say, keep mum, when it's already visible? You know? So, uh, I have one more verse that really spoke to me. Um, Jeremiah 29, 20, verse 9. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is like a in my heart like a fire. Shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Mm. So I think of this reference, and I think, don't shut out God's voice through his word, but also don't shut out praise in the midst of trial. Uh, you know. Courtesy of the Holy Spirit at two in the morning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let me read the covenant as a reminder to you, Joe, of what it means to bind with us, but ultimately what it means for you to bind with Jesus in this place. This is not the only church. This is one expression of the body of Christ, one place. But this is what we use to declare our peace, our unity, our togetherness. This is our church covenant that all who are members here have signed. If you have been a part of this process in the past, be reminded of what it means to be together, to care for each other. This is your promise to God in this place as well as mine. So this is how the covenant reads. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, and on the public or private profession of our faith, we do now, in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into agreement with one another as one body in Christ. 
So we pledge, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge and holiness and comfort, to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to use and develop our spiritual gifts, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. And we further promise to watch over and build up one another in brotherly love, to remember each other in prayer, to aid each other in times of sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy in feeling and courtesy in speech, to be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation. There it is again. And furthermore, we agree to submit to the spiritual leaders and authority over us as outlined in the scriptures. And this is what we promise to each other, how to love each other well, how to use the tools the Holy Spirit gives us. We're not just looking for our own effort, looking for him to empower us. And then we use that energy that works within us to love each other well. So I'm glad that you're ready to take this step of commitment today, brother. We are glad to join you into. You've always been a part of our family for so long now, but this step of binding, this step of peacemaking, of covenanting, uh, it's beautiful. And I'm really glad that you're taking this step with us, especially in this week. It, it, it matters and it's important and it's beautiful for us to see. So, church, for any who would like to, Joe, I'm going to ask you to stand up, or maybe we just move one of these stools. If you'd like to come forward, the Bible talks about laying hands on and blessing each other, and so I'd like to make that part of the morning today, that we'd lay hands on and pray a blessing over Joe. So if you'd like to just come up and lay a hand on or stand around him, that's fine. If you'd like to remain in your seats and pray from there, that's fine. If you come forward, you don't have to say anything, but if you'd like to pray for him and share your prayers, then... Um, you're more than welcome to, but let's pray over Joe together. Yeah, let's move this back a little bit. Thank you. 